Hey everyone, my name is Mohamed Asadullah, and I'm your host for Freelance Canada, a show about what it's really like to freelance in Canada. Each week, I interview Canadian freelancers and industry experts as they get candid about the ever-challenging, always exciting, and sometimes hilarious aspects of freelancing. On the show today, I'm going to talk to Ashante Frey. Ashante is an intuitive tarot and oracle reader at Synchronized Soul where she focuses on getting souls aligned with their spiritual journey. Ashanta uses her intuitive gift as well as divination tools to provide clarity and guidance. She encourages all souls to embrace who they are and start living their lives authentically. In this episode, Ashanta and I talk about how Canadian freelancers can assemble a toolkit that increases their productivity and can grow with their business. So let's get to it. I love that we can swear. Yay! <laughs> Let's start by understanding what is it that you do as a freelancer? It's a big question, but to break it down simply, I am an intuitive tarot and oracle reader. Essentially, what that means in basic terms is that I am a psychic, but there are different forms of psychic abilities. So my particular psychic abilities come in in three different forms, which is clear audio sense, meaning that I hear things from time. So kind of like a word or a sound or a music will just pop into my mind. I also am clairsenti, which means that I feel feelings, also known as an empath, as other people would like to say. So being able to feel somebody else's physical pain or excitement. But the strongest way that my psychic ability comes through is through kind of like a clear knowing an understanding of knowing that something is true, which is probably the hardest psychic ability to try to tone because there's no way for you to actually find that confirmation from anybody else except for yourself because you just have to know that that information that you've been getting is correct, that that download that I've received is the information that I should be passing on. So in layman terms, I am a soul coach. I'm a mentor. I'm a cheerleader. I'm an accountability buddy. I am everything and anything that you need me to be along your spiritual path to ensure that you are getting back to yourself that you're getting back to being authentically yourself and living your life um, the best version in the best way that you know how. What I like there is that when you talk about being a psychic, it's not from a place of, hey, let me help you find this lost child or lost person and see if there is any ghost in this room. And maybe that Mm -hmm. is uh, part of your larger services. I don't know. What I think is interesting to me, at least from the sounds of it, your focus seems to be very much on how can I enable people to be more spiritual as part of their overall well-being, whether that's physical, mental, or however it may be, but their overall general well-being to get a better sense of not just the world, but a better sense of themselves. Do I have that right? That is correct. That is exactly what I like to do. I guide you back to you. I like to say I am a no shit psychic or tarot reader. (laughs) I'm not in here to take your money. I'm not in here to waste your time. If you sign up for a reading of me, it's going to be half an hour or an hour of like real tough hitting facts and core beliefs that you believe to be true that I will tell you are not true. And every single time you say something that is in alignment of that story that you've been telling yourself, I will correct you so that you can start thinking of the things that you think are automatic in your life or just automatic responses. So I strongly believe that any divination tool that you use is really about self-development, right? It's about 
trying to trust yourself and trust your confidence, trust your mission, trust the things that bring you joy instead of having everybody, including society, telling you that what you're doing, you shouldn't be doing for whatever reason. I personally don't know too many psychics who mm-hmm. freelance. And as a result, I guess when I think about freelancing, I typically think about a copywriter, a designer, somebody who's maybe a marketing consultant and so forth. How does one become a psychic and do that as a freelancer? That is a great question because that was something that I was trying to ask myself too, is how on earth do I now make this into a job for myself or create this into a company? When I started doing tarot readings specifically, it was a big leap for me because I've always known that I was a little bit psychic. Like I was grown up being told that I was an old soul or saying things to my parents that I just knew to be true and then they happened to come true. But it wasn't something that I really thought anything of. I just thought it was just the way that things were. Until about three years ago, I started getting very attracted to crystals. And I remember um, I was doing my master's in English literature in Nova Scotia. And I saw these crystals and in my head, they were just rocks. So I'm going to call them what they were. It's like, I see these pretty rocks and I'm like, oh, these are cute. But like $15, I don't want to pay $15 for some rocks. I'm not going to do that. And I kept coming back to them. And in that moment, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go for it. So I bought the crystals and one of my friends in Nova Scotia was very much into crystals and started talking to me about energy and how they can bring different forms of energy to your life and keep you balanced. And that's really when I started getting into divination tools. So crystal healing, Reiki healing, tarot cards, oracle cards, using pendulums, trying to figure out what worked for me. But oracle cards and tarot cards were definitely the way that I was meant to bring my gift into the world. So I started doing free readings for a bit until I honestly kind of just got like a divine thought on the toilet and was like, you could just make this a business. And like what it could be called is synchronized soul is trying to get people back in harmony with themselves, back in balance. Right. And that's kind of the way it went. It didn't occur to me that I could register as a business or that I could start making money until I started doing some research and figuring out that it is possible that people do charge to do tarot readings. And more than that, that they make successful businesses out of it, six figure businesses out of it by taking the time of actually guiding somebody again, back to themselves. And it's interesting because it's not something that I ever would have thought was possible, especially with the way that I grew up. Owning your own business was never a goal of mine or a dream of mine, but it made the most logical sense. And with that, that's the reason why I did it It was like, well, if I'm going to have to do this and I want to do it right, like I'm not trying to get in trouble with the government, so I might as well just do it properly. So what do I got to (laughs) do? And what was the thought process about turning this into a freelance business for yourself? Mm -hmm. It started off with a lot of market research. And that's something that I really wanted to touch on is that it's so important for you to figure out what it is that you're getting yourself in store for, especially when you decide that you're going to register as a business or become a freelancer. So I did a lot of market research on tarot companies, specifically trying to figure out what would startup fees be like? How much money should I be expecting to put into my business? But also thinking about a business plan. So what are my goals? What is the annual income that I'm trying to make in my first year? How many readings would I have to do in order for me to get that done? 
what do I want my hourly salary to be? Do I want to get paid hourly? Do I want to get paid by reading? Do I want to take on clients and have that be mentorship? So really taking the time to create a business structure that is sustainable. And for me, Personally, I thought it was very important for me to create that structure from the beginning so that I didn't have to do too many edits. Like we all rebrand as companies and figure out that you have different values or maybe a different mission statement or you thought one way and then your vision ended up becoming something else. But I do think it's very important to create a structure and figure out who are you marketing for? What is your ideal client? Who are you trying to help? What is it that you're trying to get out of that situation? So with that process and thinking like that, that's what really got me thinking about what was next, right? Thinking about what companies would I need to work for in order for my dreams to come true, right? Like how would I get invoicing up and running? What I find interesting is that almost everything for you had to have been thought out a bit more or flushed out a bit more. And it seems that you were putting all these different structures in place. Is that something that is just how you are as a person? Or are there experiences or people that you learned this thought process from? I think first one, I'm definitely like that as a human, just trying to figure out what makes the most logical step when trying to make a decision. Because my business is so niche and because the way that I do my tarot readings really is about self-development and not about, again, like trying to see into your future or trying to figure out what your love life is going to be. Like I really focus on how do you get your vibrations and your frequency back to where they should have been in the beginning so that you can start attracting and manifesting that stuff in your life. And a lot of the mentors and the sponsors that I saw actually didn't go about creating their brand in that way. So I did have to do a lot of research to figure out what that structure would look like. So figuring out how do I register a business number? How do I get a business account up and running? If I'm having a website, do I want my clients to be able to book through my site? How much would that cost? Especially like invoicing, I suck at accounting and money is so hard for me. So trying to figure out how do I get a financial software that's going to keep track of all of these things. Those were kind of the starting points that really allowed me to create the foundation that I needed so that I had a brand. And that's what's really important when creating any business is that you have to have a brand because there's so many people in this market that might be doing something that's similar to you. So how do you stand out? And what was your process for assembling this toolkit of yours for your business? I started off by doing a good old Google search, (laughs) starting from the beginning. But I did then, with my Google search, run into Owner. And Owner was actually the website that I used for me to register Synchronized Soul as a sole proprietorship. And it happened in minutes. I was dumbfounded by how quickly it was for me to sit down and get that done. Once I realized that nobody else had that name, nobody else was registered with that particular company, me registering as a business ID probably cost me $90 and I had the license in the mail the next day. So I was just able to be up and running. And from that site itself, it gave me a lot of information about different companies that I could be working with to make sure that I had that information. So once I had a business number, I went straight to RBC to figure out how do I get a business account up and running? They're so good in terms of getting that information up and running, ensuring that you have everything that you need. And I was able to register for a banking account and a credit card in the same day. And these things just help 
you become legitimate, right? Like running into things of how do you start filing for your taxes? When do you need to start filing for your taxes? Those are questions that you need to start asking yourself. But also, do you want to keep all of your information and your business information separate from your personal account? That was something that was very important to me. I wanted to have accurate invoicing of how much money I was making and how much money I was putting out. So I was able to do that with Wave, um, which was another site that was recommended through RBC, which is a free financial software that keeps tracks of all of those invoices. And you have the ability to track expenses, track your accounting, you can track your customers, and you can easily connect them with your business accounts as well. So anything that I do with RBC is automatically connected to my invoicing account. So it's so easy to keep track of that information. So when I was going through this information slowly but surely, really owner was that starting point for me, but RBC Banking really did open up the tools into other companies that I could be using. Some other ones that I wanna mention in terms of what's part of my toolkit is GoDaddy. So GoDaddy is where my website has everything. So I was able to get my website, online appointment booking, and my own email domain for GoDaddy for two years. And it was very inexpensive for me to upkeep that. In addition to that, I use Canva a lot for branding stuff. So I'm sure everybody knows what Canva <laughs> is by now. But if you don't, like, you've got to get on that because it is so easy. So easy for me to create my marketing information, for me to have consistency in my brand colors and ensure that there is consistency across all of my sites, whether that's Facebook, Instagram, Yelp, LinkedIn. I want to make sure that it doesn't matter where you go you still get that feel of being part of Synchronized Soul, that you still know that you're part of that community, part of that space. And of course, I do have PayPal as well that is directly set up to my site, which is a very easy way for you to, again, track those expenses. So once I assembled that toolkit, which I would say is a very basic toolkit, a lot of the things that I'm using are either free or very inexpensive for you to get up and running, but it really does add to that feel of being a legitimate company, right? So instead of people looking at Synchronized Soul thinking that it's a side hustle, they get that feel right away that it's a business because of my domain, because of my email address, because of the brand colors, because of the logo, ensuring that there is consistent brand throughout. You mentioned earlier when we were chatting that you didn't want to get into problems with the government. And as soon as this idea to have a business, you went and registered a business. Now, at least in Canada, most people can run a freelance business without even having to register as a sole proprietor, let alone even have to get a GSCHSC number, which the two things people tend to get confused until, you know, they're making $30,000 or more. What was your rationale for having or at least registering the business account? I know you mentioned there was a sense of keeping things separate. There was this idea that by having a registered business, you're more legitimate. What other drivers, maybe, if those aren't the only ones, were the reason to getting a business versus continuing to see how far you can get without having to register a business? That is a great question. That is a really, really good question. And as you were saying it, I was thinking about it. And I believe that the driving motivator was that I 
started taking my side hustle seriously as a business. And being in the domain that I am in, I strongly believe that what you put your energy towards will manifest and grow. So originally when I started, it was a second Instagram account that was called I am Ashante and I just posted affirmations and like tarot card polls that I did randomly. But it wasn't anything that I was taking too seriously because I was thinking about it as a side hustle, right? That it's just something that I do that brings me joy. But the moment that I decided to take it seriously and take it as a business so that I could actually create either a part-time income out of it or eventually replace my full-time income so that I can no longer be in a corporate space but do this stuff full-time, I decided that it was important for me to show the universe that that was where my energy was going. So once I decided that that's what I wanted, I thought it was very important for me to then show the world that that is what I was presented. That when I ask for the fee that I'm asking for, I'm not doing so because I'm just trying to take your money. I'm doing so because I'm an expert in my field, in my domain, and I know that I can help you. And I feel like it's very important for any freelancer to start taking themselves seriously. And the moment that you do that, that's when I think other people start noticing that change in you as well. So that was my personal driving force was that I wanted to show up. And that was the way that I started to show up was by rebranding and creating a legitimate sole proprietorship so that I knew that I was a business, right? That it was no longer a side hustle. So in a way, it was more so you yourself were holding yourself accountable, uh, not even holding yourself accountable, but more so acknowledging yourself and reminding yourself that, hey, I am a business. And having that business registration in a way was sort of that signal to yourself or a reminder to yourself to keep that in mind when you know you're going about and conducting your freelance business. Do I have that right? That's exactly it. I strongly believe that where you put your energy towards it will grow. Like there's so much abundance in this world and the universe or God or source, whatever it is that you want to call it, will bless you with whatever it is that you want once you start putting steps in that direction to ensure that it's true. So if my question was, how do I make $100,000 five years from now? What steps do I need to be doing right now to ensure that that's a possibility? And for me, it was like, well, you need to be a business because once you start making that amount of money, you're going to have to pay taxes, right? And it's <laughs> the same transition now is now that I'm doing it and I registered as a sole proprietorship, I'm sitting here thinking, man, I should have just registered as a business corporation because I know that I can make 30 grand, right? So the question is like, am I going to sit down and now have to change that whole structure again? Because you didn't think properly in the beginning of what you thought it could be. So I also believe in like not limiting yourself and putting things into practice and dreaming the world that you want to dream. And I think in taking those steps, I showed myself, like you said, that I was holding myself accountable and that I was going to start taking it seriously, that I was going to put a a system and a structure in place and create a schedule that worked for me so that I knew that I was showing up for my business. And I think that's a hard thing to do because a lot of freelancers are doing these things on the side, right? Nobody that I know of really just jumps foot in full force up front because they want to ensure that they are taking the time to create that life or have money that they need in order for them to sustain a life. Maybe I add a little insight into your thought process about the 100k mark and getting on corporations versus sole proprietorship? When I started doing Synchronized Soul, 
as we said, I did register as a sole proprietorship and it was only because I was the only person doing readings. Like I'm only one human. I'm the person who's doing all of the tarot readings, the coaching. And because of that, I realized that all of the liability would be on me. So whether I registered as a business, I would have that liability protection as a corporation. But because I'm one person, it was so much easier for me to file all of my taxes as one. As a sole proprietorship, all of my taxes can just pass through me instead of me having to file taxes as a business or a corporation. But as I've been doing it a little bit longer now, I'm about, I registered as a business in December of last year. So we're like, what, seven, eight months in. And the more that I'm doing it, I'm realizing how I can expand, how I can offer soul mentorship. I can offer workshops. I could offer workbooks. I can offer eBooks about crystals, about Reiki healing. Like there's so many things that I can now do. And because of that, I start thinking about, wow, like this could be so much bigger than what it is right now. And because of that, I want to be a corporation, right? Mm -hmm. I know that I'm going to have to register and start paying taxes, as you were saying, with that GST, register for HST once I hit that 30,000 mark. But for me, if I'm hitting that 30,000 marks, that's a good indication that I can keep going. So that's going to be the time where I decide that I'm going to be a corporation so that I can, again, have that liability protection so that I can potentially hire other tarot readers and not have it only be me that's doing the reading, have other people do that or be able to actually create courses that people could follow on their own time that will help them through their journey. So I think, again, One thing that I also want to mention is like, don't dream small. I limit myself a lot in my life based on the circumstances that I'm in right now. But if you think about where you could potentially be, I feel like that opens up so many possibilities for you. And then you start thinking about all of the things that you could potentially do. And that's kind of where I'm at is like, wow, if I can make 30K, I could hit $100,000. And if I could hit 100, I'm just going to live life. (laughs) <laughs> on a beach with a computer doing readings by a pool. I don't know who's going to be giving me my margarita, but I know there's going to be one in my hand. <laughs> That's all that matters. <laughs> I like your idea of dreaming big. And I recognize that when you're getting started, sometimes it can be a little bit difficult because at least for a lot of people, it's just more so like, how can I just get the first amount of money in so I can pay my bills And it's just sort of like that Maslow's hierarchy of need where it's just the baseline. Let me just get my basic needs and then kind of just move on to that. And what have been some of the challenges of you transitioning to doing this for money versus before when you were doing the free readings? The hardest part was, I think, family and friends. And I think that might be something that a lot of people understand is when I started making that transition from doing something for free to actually charging someone, I had to start branding that and advertising that. So putting it on my Facebook or my Instagram that like, hey, I have a new account. Or if you're going to be asking me for readings, like you now have to start charging. And it's so hard to put up those boundaries, especially with people who are used to having that certain access to you, right? Used to your Facebook account operating it in a certain way. And then all of a sudden you're talking about something that they might not be used to. So really taking the time to one, understand that what you're doing might not be for everybody, but it is for some people. And those people 
that you're trying to attract will find you. So that was the big, big thing that was really hard for me to overcome was recognizing that people were going to look at me a little different, that I was going to be labeled an entrepreneur, which for me was always such a dirty word growing up. It's like you're an entrepreneur, but now I find excitement in it because I feel like it is an exciting thing. But again, like just trying to shift that taboo message was the first thing. But the second thing was also finding mentors and sponsors, was trying to figure out who I could be surrounded with that would think similar to me, that had their own dreams in their own fields, but that we could kind of create an an alliance with, create a shared understanding so that we had somebody to bounce ideas off of. Or if I said something that I thought I wanted to do, having somebody sit down and like correct that thought and say, hey, you haven't thought about it from this perspective. So I think it's really nice to kind of get like a focus group or some mentors or some sponsors, but that was definitely a hard thing for me to do. And I honestly probably am just starting to get to that place where I'm finding mentors and sponsors in my field that can help me. And that's about what, eight months, seven months of me doing some work to figure out somebody that I really connected with. So I would suggest whoever's going into anything when selecting your toolkit or creating your business, ensuring that you're making that switch to becoming a freelancer, get some people who support you, who understand your vision. And even if they don't understand it, they're open to hearing about it because it's so good to get different perspectives, especially when you're still trying to figure out exactly what it is that you're trying to do or trying to hone your own skill. Throughout this journey, what have been some obstacles in trying to figure out your business, trying to figure out this toolkit that you're putting together? Did that toolkit that you had mapped out initially work well? Or did you have to tune things a little bit further because of new lessons learned? Right now, my toolkit is the same. So I am using everything that I started with and I find that it works very well. I would highly recommend GoDaddy. I loved their customer service. They were so helpful. They're open 24 hours so I can get help whenever I need help. And honestly, their deals were so inexpensive. And the fact that I was able to get that bundle for two years really kind of alleviated a lot of stress of trying to figure out, am I going to have to pay for this domain again? Am I going to have to pay for this thing whenever? But also just having everything on an automatic renewal, that's been so helpful. So Highly recommend GoDaddy is the first thing that I would say. In terms of progress and what's changed, I think some things that I've been considering as of recently have just been trademarking, like whether or not I want to trademark Synchronized Soul, but also thinking about like copyright issues, especially as I start thinking about creating ebooks and e-courses. I start thinking about that material and that intellectual content and actually being able to publish that. How do I protect it? I've also, again, been thinking about HSD and GSD, as you said earlier, I figured out in research that it is at that 30K mark, which means I have some time, which is nice. But it's been interesting to see, as you say earlier, as your dreams develop, right? And what I would recommend or some advice that I would say is whatever it is that you're trying to build, you definitely have to focus on what steps you can take right now in order for you to get that vision. But I do think that having that end goal 
of what it is that you feel like you're working towards. And it doesn't need to be a specific goal, but an intention. Like, what are you intending to create with this? What's your intended outcome out of this project? What are you trying to feel? And for me, that's what reminds me every single day. Like if I'm a little tired and I don't want to do a reading or if I feel low energy and I sit down and I remind myself of my ideal client, remind myself like what the problems that they are facing, remind myself why it is that I decided to do this work in the first place, it's a little bit easier for me to progress and to keep up. But I do think that that energy piece and finding a work-life balance and finding a balance between your work and your work and also your life, right, is a hard thing to do. But once you do get some type of schedule in place or system that works for you, I find that it's a little bit easier to deal with that burnout and that exhaustion, which is definitely... It's been a, a challenge as of recently that I've been trying to overcome. What do you mean by that? Just feeling really burnt out in terms of like having a full-time job, like having a business that's starting to pick up speed. I think when I first got into it, as we were saying, I started dreaming so small that it didn't occur to me that I could have multiple readings in a week or that I could have multiple people reaching out to do a reading or that I would have people reaching out to do mentorship or coaching with me. So recognizing, again, going back to that piece of doing something that's sustainable, right? Like as you're growing, recognizing that you need to grow with your business and you might have to reshift those boundaries and reshift those expectations that you put in place in the beginning to work with that new problem that you're facing. It's all about being very flexible, in my opinion. I've got a few more questions. Sorry, there's a lot to process here and I want to make sure I give space to all of them or at least as many as I can. I do want to go back to one question comic you made earlier was that you thought that the word entrepreneur was a dirty word. What was the thought process behind that? Or what caused you to believe that entrepreneurship was a bad word? That is such a good question. I am Jamaican and growing up Jamaican and within the Black culture, I feel like when people say entrepreneur, be image that's automatically associated or the connotation that's associated with that is that you're either in sales or you're selling something under the table or that it's actually like a side hustle that you're not taking too seriously, but you're just going to like call a business. So for me, when I heard the word entrepreneur, I never really found that there were people at least the people who I was coming across with in my life, but also the way that it was passed along in terms of just within the community, that they were really taking their business very seriously. Like they didn't have a schedule, they weren't putting in the time, but yet it was like all of these ridiculous charges and fees. And that's something that we face within the black community a lot when we say like buy black owned, like I always wanna buy black owned, but I find that it's so hard to do so because they're also trying to compete with the fact that they're either trying to supplement an income, which means their prices are a little bit higher. So really just walking into the field that you're there to support. And for me, with that word entrepreneur, I felt like if I called myself an entrepreneur, then that would be the connotations that would be associated with me, that I was just trying to take somebody's money or that I wasn't adding value or that I was just doing something on the side and like calling it a business, but not taking it seriously. So there was just so many, again, like negative connotations just associated with that word that it took me so long to understand that being an entrepreneur 
is not a bad thing that I can have a life outside of corporate or outside of a nine to five or outside of something that's been created for me. And to really allow myself to ask those big questions of like, why do I feel that way? Why do I feel like I can't live a life that's a little bit more free or that is outside of what other people have dreamt for me or associated with me? So really taking the time to uncover those core beliefs for myself so that I can get back to being okay with that word. And I think it's the same thing when we talk about mental health or we're talking about like these taboo topics that people don't want to talk about. I think it's really important for you to question why it makes you uncomfortable. And I think in questioning that, it really allowed me to kind of step foot in my own power and be able to proudly call myself an entrepreneur, to know that I am going after my dreams and going after my goals and that it is different from what society has deemed appropriate for me, but I'm going to do it anyways because I'm going to fucking live my life. I'm going to live it to the best (laughs) of my abilities, to the best way that I know how. And this is what brings me joy. And I think whatever brings you joy, whatever lights you on fire, whatever brings you passion, in your life is what you should be pursuing. Everything else is noise. Everything else is noise. I love that. And I think this is also a great place to wrap up our discussion for today. And as we do, I think it'll be great if you could tell us where people can find out more about you and your work online. Yeah. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to share first off and Where people can find me is I am predominantly on Facebook and Instagram. The name would be Synchronized Soul, but I also do have a website, which would be the same name. So www.synchronizedsoul.com. And thank you so much for the opportunity to talk about something that is a little bit taboo in a mainstream environment. (laughs) I really appreciate the chance there. Amazing. Well, thank you so much. Well, that's our show for today. If you like Freelance Canada, then be sure to subscribe to your newsletter by visiting freelancecanada.fm. You'll get access to all of my personal notes, as well as book recommendations about the topics discussed in the episode. Now, you will not find any of this on our website, so be sure to subscribe if you don't want to miss out. As with most podcasts, you can listen to every episode through Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. It would mean a lot if you could leave us a five-star review. It would mean even more if you shared our podcast with another freelancer so it can help them in their journey too. Finally, if you're tired of leaving money on the table because you don't know which of your expenses you can write off, then sign up for Benji. You can start your 90-day free trial by visiting betterwithbenji.com because freelance life is better with Benji. Thanks for listening.